At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, y'all? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. And I know that you are here to listen to the best humans on the planet to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. Let's do this. And today I found David R. Edwards. I, I... I already love this guy, right? So we were talking before we got on. He has a great personality. And I love what he has to bring. So he has served mostly lower income people in three continents over the last 35 years. His first book, Knew You, Who Knew, right? Isn't that cool? Come on, guys. That's a great title. Is a guide to help build confidence and meaning and self-compassion and balance. And so I really am glad you're here, David. Um, you know, I have a really cool audience, David. It's it, I have an audience that is really interactive so they're always like asking questions they follow my guests things like that so i'm really excited you're here how are you david how are you doing really good thank you so much yeah i'm glad i'm glad you took the time to be here um so the way i always start the show i ask always that little question who is david who are you david i know i gave a little bit of a of a like insight but i want to know a little bit more about you so who are you <laughs> That's such a loaded question. It's right. I, I, I tell you what, though, I was in a meeting. Uh, I was the CEO of a community health center. And we had a meeting with our senior leadership team and our board. And we were talking about a new building that we were going to build. So it was really cool. But, you know, it's a formal meeting. And, and we did this thing called a community meeting, um, something that I really liked. And so I adopted it at our organization. And way the starts is, is I never start the meeting, especially if I'm the like the leader person. You just don't want to start the meeting that way. But somebody randomly, we say, they say, hi, I'm Dave. We usually know each other. So but you can do this in a meeting where you don't know people. Mm -hmm. And you talked about, you know, getting to know each other as human beings. Right. This mm -hmm. is a, a great way to do that. And so the one person starts and they says, I'm Dave or they don't have to say that if you know them. Um, then they say, um, I'm feeling a little stressed today, right? 
And my goal for the meeting is to have a great interaction and make sure that we really hear each other. Um, and I think that Nina can help me do that. And then Nina gets a chance to say, well, I'd love to help you do that. And then the next person to them says, hi, I'm Nina. And uh, I'm feeling really happy today. And my goal for the meeting is to have the best podcast on the planet and to help my listeners and my viewers. And I think David can help me do that, right? And if there was more of us, you know, we'd go around the table and we'd do that. And if you do that and you remain kind of focused, you don't go on any rabbit holes or we're not doing therapy, you know. But what yeah. it does is it starts the meeting where we recognize that we're human beings. And right. we have a place where we're at and understand where that is going to help us have a more productive meeting. So we were in this meeting <laughs> and we did a, an, a, a community meeting, which was really cool. And then they did another icebreaker and they asked, well, who are you? Right. And people said, well, I'm a doctor or I'm a board member or I'm whatever. <laughs> so when it came my turn and again, these people knew me mostly. I said, well, I'm a child of God. I think that's the mm. first thing. you want to get to know me. I mm. think of myself as a child of God and, and all of you as well. Mm -hmm. But it was very different. But fundamentally, if you ask who am I, right. I believe I am an eternal being in a little tiny bit of this mortal journey we call earth life. Yeah. And, um, and then life will continue. And we just take everything we've learned and become here and it goes with us and we continue that journey of learning and growth and development, you know, forever. And right. what a beautiful thing. So I think yeah. fundamentally that's, that's who I am and everything I try to do is really built on that premise. Mm. Do, do you think that, you know, what, like when I introduced you, I talked about how you have, you know, served mostly lower income uh, people over, you know, um, 35 years, right? It's a long time. Do yeah. you think that it had to do with your faith and, and, and you being a child of God, like the, the serving heart, or, you know, it's like that, is that intricately part of who you are? Absolutely. Yeah. It is, it is inseparable from who I am. Mm. And so, and I've, I mean, I, so I grew up, you know, I was born to a mom and dad, you know, in, in 1960, and my parents loved me. Uh, they're human beings like the rest of us. Um, we, you know, had some lean times. We had some better times around 1970. Um, isn't it interesting how this happens in transitions? Mm -hmm. We had probably the most career-wise successful period of my dad and mom's life. Um, and so he took to drinking and carousing and my mom divorced him. And, um, you know, and that changed our lives. So we had this transition yeah. we had to make. And it's usually in these kinds of transitions, you know, that we either thrive after we've kind of dealt with what we need to deal with. We either thrive or we kind of dwell on, you know, the past. Right. And so, you know, we've all got these things, these transitions that we go through. It could be relationships. It could be career. It could be physical things. It could be mental things. It could be um educational things, right? Whatever it is, we have all these, these transitions. And so and I've gone through kind of normal things. And so, you know, my mom remarried uh, a man who was a full on alcoholic. That was a pretty challenging process and time period. Um, and you know what? <laughs> um, they found some hope. They found mm -hmm. something that helped them and supported them in changing 
his life in particular. Oh, and, that's great. Yeah. And um, my mom was this close. If you can see this or if you're listening, this is about an inch or inch and a half to leaving him after less than a year. Um, but they, uh, that's a whole other story, but, uh, and a longer story, but anyways, they got hope and they were able to turn things around and actually, um, he spent much of the next 10 or 15 years helping other people in like AA meetings over wow. alcohol, wow. right? Because one of the greatest lessons is that whatever challenges we've got going on, when we're in the midst of it, we yeah. so often feel alone. Mm -hmm. Like we have to bear this burden ourselves and there's nobody here to help me. Nobody understands me, right? But that is wrong. Sorry. That's wrong. It's not it true. Is wrong. It is not true. Right. And in, in the book, you know, in the ninth chapter, I think it is, we talk about our common humanity. Mm -hmm. No matter how unique you feel your situation is, I promise you, there are other people who have and or are going through that kind of a situation. And you know what? Some of those folks would love to help you through it. It is absolutely always the case. It's not always as easy to find them, but I, you have to know that they're there. There are 8 billion people on the planet. Right. While we are unique individuals, our situations are relatively common, right? Our struggles, our challenges, our trials, um, our opportunities, right? It's not all bleak, <laughs> even right. on, on the upside, right? If we're climbing the ladder and, and we're, you know, the air is fresher and we're, things are going well for us, the rain is right, the sun is right, then we still, there are people that can help us and frankly, when we're down, lift us up. And when yeah. we're a little high on ourselves, they might help us, us keep a little more grounded. We all need yeah. that sometimes, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's true. And I, you know, listening to that story is also very powerful because, you know, I I want everybody who's listening, and I'm sure that um you can agree with this, David, especially by witnessing that, that there are things that I feel are allowed in our life that God allows in our life because we are to help others come up. And I feel if he didn't drink or he didn't have that experience, it would have never been a thought maybe to him to go to AA and help others. Right. And, right. and to your point, because we're not alone, right. Because we're not alone. And, and when you are somebody who either drinks or have lost your family or lost your job, it does feel very lonely. But I think one of the beauties of being able to um, express what you're going through is that you'll realize you are uh, so not alone. Like everybody in the room is probably going through the same exact thing. Right, David? Exactly. So what, would you, what would, do you think were some of the biggest um, beautiful but maybe hard lessons you've learned when you were serving the the um, the lower income community that you were serving. What were some of the things that you saw that you were like, "Wow, I didn't realize this," and I, something's got to change, or was it hard for you? Like, how did you know? What was that for you? Well, it was interesting because, especially earlier in my career, you know, we started off with nothing. I mean. I mean, my wife and I, we've been married for 36 years. It'll be 37 later this year. And when we first got married, you know, I was had just graduated from college. Or had I? It was right around when I graduated. And, you know, I'd been working part-time, working through school. 
and um, we went on our honeymoon um, uh, to Canada, uh, you know, didn't go to Hawaii or Barbados right. or something from Seattle. I mean, we lived in Seattle area. Right. Oh, so, yeah, we drove 60 miles north and, and went on our honeymoon. And uh, and it was wonderful, right? I mean, we were in love, and it's wonderful. And, and frankly, after 36 years, we're still so much in love. But uh, that's amazing. Even better. Uh, we're older, it. so it's different, but it's really wonderful. But uh, you know, we got home after a week, uh, and I had to go back to work. <laughs> and you know, we had a tiny little apartment, and you know, we had basically nothing. I mean, you right. know, that is our wedding gifts. And we made just enough money, you know, to pay the bills, to pay our rent in our old rundown apartment, right? That's part of town, and um, and uh, and so we kind of knew what that was like, you know, to kind of live paycheck to paycheck, which we did for quite a while. But um, as then as I went back to graduate school, um, you know, we kind of got out of that, right? And I became like a chief financial officer fairly early in my career and I never made a lot of money, but you know, we, we were not living paycheck to paycheck, you know, we're trying right. to save a little bit and um, you know, the time came up, we could afford braces for our kids. And it's, so it's one of the things the kind of the revelations, if you've been like a middle class for most of your life or upper middle class or something, you, you mostly had the things that you really needed. Right. Most people living at or below median income, right. That just isn't the case. And, you know, right. you can have to make some really much more difficult decisions. You know, do I live further from work so I can have lower rent? Right. Or do I live in the neighborhood where I don't really want to live, but, you know, then I can have an easy commute and that doesn't cost me as much. You got these kinds of trade-offs to make. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was growing up after my folks divorced, you know, we were really poor. So, you know, mom had been married and never went beyond high school. And so divorced and dad, my dad was not a bad person, but, you know, like all of us has his flaws. I don't think he ever paid any child support for the three boys mm -hmm. that mom was raising. Um, and so that wasn't his best characteristic. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I had crooked teeth. I fell out of my bunk bed, you know, because we were three boys in a room and and my teeth were all crooked. And, you know, I was kind of growing into that and we never could have afforded braces. Right, right. Right, that kind of thing. So you look at those kinds of decisions, whereas by the time our children needed braces, I don't know, do all kids need braces? But both of ours did. Um, right. We could afford, you know, we could send them to the orthodontist, right? And yeah, you grumbled, grumbled about paying the money, but you know, we had the money to pay to have braces on our kids. Right. We made payments and, and it worked out. But uh, anyways, so when you have lower income, you just have different kinds of choices to make. And they're not due, do I go to Hawaii on vacation or do I right. go to Disney World, right? They're, where do I live? How do I fix my car? I had a coworker, who went all winter long and it wasn't that cold in Seattle, but relatively speaking, right. It was cold without her heater working in her car because right. she couldn't afford to get it fixed. I've been there. Yeah. And so yeah. we have these kinds of decisions when we have fewer resources. And so this was probably one of the greatest epiphanies. I don't want to dribble onto this too long, but I mean, is this idea that when we have fewer resources, 
it is that much more critical. It's really super critical that we align our lives with correct principles as much as possible. That's good. Right. And so if, um, if uh, who's somebody famous, like a rock star. So if Debbie Harry, I'm dating myself. If uh, Beyonce develops a drug habit, I'm not saying she does. I have no idea. But you know, amongst superstars, that seems to be pretty common, right? Right. So she develops a drug habit. What does she do about that, right? Well, her manager handles the business stuff, and she goes to a fancy rehab rehab place that costs five thousand dollars a week, you know. Right. And um, you know, she still makes her appearances when she needs to, and she has a coach that helps her out. You know, she has lots of resources. Lots of resources. Yeah. But if I'm not Beyonce, I can't do that, right? I'm right. in jail. Mm-hmm. If I don't manage mm-hmm. as well, right? So we have to align ourselves. And it's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. It's a simple, practical reality. Yeah, the more good. closely we can align with correct principles, these are the principles guide human performance, that guide human development, that guide human happiness, mm-hmm. accomplishment, connection, and balance, right? Mm-hmm. These principles will put us on a solid footing, and the beautiful thing about having these foundations, and I like to use a natural metaphor because we're not machines. If anybody's wondering out there, we're right. not machines. We're not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully that won't happen. But uh, but we're human beings, right? Yeah. And so in the machine world, if I'm a little different, if I'm a little imperfect, I'm bald or, you know, my hair turns white early or my nose is crooked or a little big well, that's profile shot there. Right. Then if I'm a machine, I'm flawed, right? I'm mm-hmm. broken. Mm-hmm. I'm dysfunctional with a human being. We can't think of ourselves that way because you know what? We all have a little different nose and a little yeah. different hair and a little different shoulders and one leg's a little shorter or longer, or we have, proclivities to this or that or the other thing, right? Our genetics are human, right? But they're slightly tweaked. And so we're just different, but we're different in different ways. Right. Right. And so if I'm different in ways that are different than you're different, it's kind of natural to go, well, Nina's got this problem because she's different from me and I'm not different in that way. And Nina can say, Dave's weird because he's got this thing that's different that's not I'm not different in that way. And we start to judge each other and compare each other, right? There's right. one of my sections, one of my skill sections, in one of the chapters where I say comparison is hell. <laughs> and it is. it is. Anyway, so I'm, so I'm kind of dribbling on here, sorry. But I mean, you know, this is all a part of being human beings and aligning our lives with the principles that create the kind of things we really want in our lives. Right. It's really critical. It helpful. It's helpful to everybody. But if we have less income, it's not just nice. It's not just helpful. It's really essential. And I think the beautiful thing is if we do that, success. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets 
odds if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Slowly, slowly, steadily, go with ups and downs of normal life, right? It doesn't matter what our education is. It doesn't matter what our background is, what our race is what our education level, our income, our family name, things we've done in the past or not done in the past. None of those things matter. None of them matter. Because we've aligned our lives with these things that build strength and resilience and accomplishment and connection. So when you're talking about the the principles, are you talking about like your own self principles, like principles you have yourself, or are you talking about like there's principles, like the principle of reciprocity or the principle of the, what, what do you mean when you talk about principles? Where, where are you going with that? So I, I think if we think about nature again in nature, there are principles that guide success in whatever we want to do. So if I want to have a plane, right? If we're back at Kitty Hawk, and we're trying to get the first plane off the ground. What are the principles that they had to understand in order to do that, right? So there's principles of lift, right? principles of acceleration or thrust, right? So there's natural laws that guide how we overcome gravity in order to get the plane into the air, right? These are natural laws and principles. And there are similar principles and laws for human beings. Mm-hmm. So for example, one of those principles we talked about a little bit earlier is self-kindness, right? As a principle of human performance and connection and balance, if I beat myself up when I make a mistake, when I kind of recognize my flaw, which are inevitable, um, but maybe different from yours, right? Mm -hmm. But when I recognize that, if I beat myself up, and how tragic is it? How many of us, when we were being raised, were kind of raised so that when I made a mistake, I was supposed to beat up on myself, right? I'm a dummy. I can't believe I did that again. How stupid is that? I just can't believe it. What a moron, right? We use this kind of language for our, to describe ourselves. And yet, Nina, I'll bet you a nickel. If you have a close friend or family member who's going through a hard time, you've never gone to them and said, you are such a moron. I can't believe you did that again, right? right? 100%. That's not how we talk to each other, people we care about, right? So the key here is to recognize as a human being and the natural laws that guide human performance, right? One of them is to be kind to ourselves. So instead of saying you moron, I try to talk to myself like a close, caring friend would. That's good. That's really good. power of that is that, and this is what the science tells us because we've studied this now. Mm -hmm. just in the last 20 years or so is that 
if I'm at a baseline here with my mistake, if I beat myself up, my capacity to deal successfully with that mistake or to overcome that character flaw or whatever it is goes down. So not only do I have the flaw to deal with, now I've decreased my capacity to deal with and overcome it. But if I'm kind to myself from that baseline, my power is to affect my own person, my own performance, my own capacity goes up. Mm -hmm. Right? That's so good. we can either help ourselves out or kick ourselves in the butt, which we're going to do. So it's a choice we make. Yeah, it is. On that principle. It's, I, I think it's also um, a choice and a habit. I think that, you know, we've gotten so accustomed. At least I know I had to grow out of that. And I, I went, um, you know, I got my, um, my certification for um, neuro-linguistic programming, right? So I had okay. to learn all of that, right? Learn how to speak to myself and, and catch myself too when, when you don't realize that you're doing that to yourself, right? And it, because it's almost ingrained into this habit of you talking to yourself in that way. And so you're right, it, they, but these are definitely choices. And because they're choices and habits, you can change them. You can exactly. change them, right, David? Exactly. I love that. I love that. So I wanted to touch on your book. And is this what your book is about? The the new you who knew? I love that title. So because um, I know you said it, it's basically like this, this guide that you put together to help build confidence and meaning and self-compassion and, and balance and all that. So yeah. can you take us a little bit about, you know, what the book is about and, and how my listeners can, you know, um, utilize this book? What, what is this book going to mean to them? You bet. So I, and, I, and I'll start back a little bit. I, the idea for the book came when we were, I was, before I got fired, I was the CEO of this community health center and we were building a new building. We had a wonderful clinical model that looked at you as a whole person, mm -hmm. just like the way we're born. Isn't it amazing to, to look at reality, which is we're born with our head and our mouth and our shoulders and everything is all attached. Right. It, and anything we do to any part of this mentally or physically affects the other, right? Yeah. They're all connected, right? So this is the reality of life. So why does our health system break everything up into little pieces where we only look at this little part of you and ignoring the rest of it? So right. as an integrated, what we call an integrated primary care center, what we want to say is design a care system that looks at you as a whole person and it mm -hmm. recognizes that you have your healthcare life, be that mental or physical, but you also have a family life, a social life, a work life, a hobby life, you know, you have the, the physicality of life, etc. Right? You have all these domains and you have to manage all of those. <laughs> and that's really up to you. Nobody else is going to do that for you. Maybe Beyonce has 17 coaches. I don't know. But right, but most of us, we don't. We got to manage right. it ourselves. And so I had this epiphany talking to this wonderful multidisciplinary team. I said, if we can't help people fulfill this role as the captain of the care team, because we placed you as the captain, not the doctor, not the dentist, not the therapist. You're the captain. You're the one who's in charge of your life. Right. And so you can manage this care team to get the things you need. If you needed a health coach, we have health coaches. If you don't need one, we don't want you to go there, right? Because that would be a waste of resources. But if you need it, it's available for you. But you need to help us understand what you need and tell us, oh, yeah, I need this. I need that. I need this. And you're the captain of the team. If we couldn't help them be more successful in that role, we were going to greatly limit, limit our effectiveness in this new building. 
So that was the first epiphany. So we, again, talking, what an amazing thing to work with all these variety of people in different roles from medical assistants to physicians and everything in between. And uh, <laughs> the next big epiphany came, maybe there were three, I don't know, um, was that this I, all has to do with change, right? Because life mm -hmm. is all about change. Mm -hmm. right. There's the change that goes on around us. Like how do I learn to do a Zoom call or a Winject Studios call, right? Right. So that's change is going on around us all the time. We got to keep up with that. More importantly, though, it's how do I be in charge of the change that's going on inside of me? Inside. Yeah. How I'm managing myself. Right. And so we started looking at models of change. And you might think out there that's like one model of change, right? This is step one. This is step two. <coughs> Excuse me. But unfortunately, with human beings, nothing is that simple. So there's a dozen models of how people change. And there's different schools and philosophies. Right. So I lined up six of the most common because I'd been a finance guy for a lot of years. So I put it on a spreadsheet. And I listed out, this is what these guys say. And this is what these guys say. And et cetera. And, yeah. and, and what I, my next epiphany was that at the core of all of these change models was this strange little thing they called personal or intrinsic motivation. I thought, really? So the foundational core necessity, not optional thing, it was the necessity at the bottom of every one of these change models, if we're going to be in charge of our own lives, is this idea of, of personal motivation. So I thought, well, what in the heck is that? Because I've only studied motivation from the perspective of an employer. Right. And most of right. what we read out there is from that perspective, right? How do I motivate Nina team, to do right? more work? <laughs> right. <laughs> to get along with her right. coworkers, to show up on time, to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's where, you know, in the business world, that's where we think about motivation from. But from a personal level, right, it's really that intrinsic motivation. It comes from inside of me, and, and no, nobody else is in charge of that, right. only me. And that's really what the book is. So what I did is I studied for, a little embarrassed again, I'm a little slow, but two years of reading Good. and researching mm -hmm. from really brilliant people, much smarter than I will ever be, like Dr. Albert Bandura, who really invented this idea of self-efficacy, that's the exercise of control. It's the motivation to do things, to get up in the morning and get things done, right? And then Dr. Kristen Neff, who wrote the book, Self-Compassion, and the lead researcher in that area of self-compassion and those principles and our values, right? And I've always thought values were important since fairly young in my life. Right. Never knew how critical they are to our motivation. And there's been a lot of research done in the last, say, 20 to 30 years, mm -hmm. on making our values explicit. And so the book has, a, I've identified through all of this research, 10 principles, kind of what oh. we talked about before, oh. right? Mm -hmm. 10 principles. The first one is our values. The second one is awareness. The third one is learning. And Go on and go on and on until the last two or three are self-kindness, a sense of our common humanity, and what I call mindlessness, which throws people for a loop purposefully. Right. 
because people get weird when they think about mindfulness, right? Oh, I got to wear yoga pants and burn pants. <laughs> so or, true. You know, yeah. I love yo- uh, yogurt or whatever. You know, what does that mean? You know? And they and they put up barriers, right? They have thought, we have biases. Imagine that as human beings, we have biases. Imagine that. <laughs> and so I titled the chapter Mindlessness because I don't want to bring up biases at first. I want people to go, what in the world does he mean by that? Because I got a brain, I promise, right? Right, right, right. You do, right? And so the key to not being mindless is that you're mindful. You simply use what scientists have described is the most amazing creation in the entire universe. More amazing than the sun or the earth or the solar system. Or any computer. It's amazing. Trillions of connections is the most amazing creation in the universe. So how do we use it? And that's all I'm asking people to do. And very, very simple, non-judgmental, you know, not fancy ways is that we use our mind a little bit every single day. And then we get to bear the benefit, right? We get the fruits of doing that, which are frankly off the charts amazing. Right. Oh, man, I love that. I love that. So uh, is this um, something that you are now like guiding people on and in, in teaching? I, I know that you are on here because, you know, I love speaking about this kind of stuff and, you know, a way to impact my audience. Right. I have a lot of like entrepreneurs and people who are, um, you know, uh, shifting from maybe careers to something else. And that's one of the things I bump into a lot is, uh, I don't know if I can, you know, I, I you know, what do I even want to do? I don't know. I don't, you know, that kind of stuff. And I realized that there's, you know, there's something that's happened. I don't know if it's social media or what it is where our confidence has been dinged, you know, um, the meaning of life has been skewed and you know things like that so i i love that you wrote this book and are you doing something like um do you have like uh like a facebook groups or do you have like a like a mastermind or do you do anything like that david at this point not yet i don't really i don't have a mastermind or anything i'm sorry i'm distracted i'm in the basement and my window (laughs) A little bunny is poking his nose just oh, over the cute. That's in because the he leaves like new you who me. You know, right now I've, I'm really just trying to get the book out and get it into the pe- people's hands because yeah. it can't help us, you know, if they don't look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And- it could become a good mastermind, though, David. I mean, you have a lot of great points in there, you know, especially because you have so many points, right? You have 10. Um, yeah. So you can definitely, you know, um, do a mastermind and transform people's lives that way as well, right? For those yeah. who maybe um, uh, like reading, but also just like this, um, you know, uh, value of doing things with others, right? So yeah. not not yeah. to give you more work on your plate, David, but, you know, it just sounds like a good mastermind is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So uh, I'm saying. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, in the uh, in the second chapter, I say I love feedback. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm really glad. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that you came and dropped all this beautiful knowledge. Um, I know that, um, like I said, I have this amazing, beautiful audience as well that is growing, which is a beautiful thing. And I'm watching, you know, this this community of people that are growing and and learning and expanding. And so I, David, I think your book is going to come in very, um, 
you know, it, it's going to be something that people are going to seek is what I'm trying to say, because I think that we're all trying to seek something that's going to improve us and make us better and make us realize that there's other, you know, uh, ways of building ourselves up, you know, um, and it, maybe it's not scrolling through social media, guys, pick up a book, pick up a book. <laughs> uh, but no, David, thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom with me. Honestly, thank you very much for being on Straight Talk. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Nina. Um, is your book available everywhere or where can they pick it up? So it's available right now on Amazon. Okay. And it's in a ebook. It's on paperback. And I okay. just uh, published the um, audio book just two weeks ago now. Oh, awesome. Did you so, do it yourself? I did not. You know, I thought oh, about a lot it of work. Myself, and and I I realized I, I I went out, you know, and I screened a whole bunch of people. And my my youngest daughter is a voice major, so I had her listen to these people. We found this narrator narrator who is just amazing. Good, good. You know, it's a lot anyways, of work. Yeah, we have a good narrator, and it, you know, we had it produced professionally. I think beautiful. Good, good. I'm glad you did that. Like I said, you know, even, even I, sometimes I get so, you know, caught up because I have so many clients and so many things going on that I listen a lot to audiobooks and then I'll jot down a lot of notes. So I'm glad you did that, David. I really am. And, uh, you know, think about that mastermind. All right, David. All right. Just think about that. <laughs> but, um, is, do you have a website or anything where people can connect with you or anything like that? My website, www davidredwards.com. So it's just my name. Oh, okay, perfect. Very perfect. simple. I'm on Facebook. And I do have an author page on Facebook uh, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. Great, great. So thank you for being here. I'm really, really grateful. And guys, you heard it. I mean, he has a lot of great knowledge and wisdom to drop. So I want to make sure that you guys follow him. It's David R. Edwards. And uh, you can go on like all the social media channels. I'm going to make sure to link his information below so that you guys can support him. Go buy the book. I mean, like I said, if he says he has 10 principles in there, well, then grab one a day. Just read one, see what you can learn from it and grow. You know, we are always here to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. I'm really grateful to you guys. So make sure you like, share, subscribe. Let people know that this is here because the more we can learn, the more wisdom, that is the one thing people cannot steal from you is your wisdom and knowledge, okay? They may be able to take your car and your house and everything else, but nothing can take those things away. Maybe Alzheimer's and death, that's it, right? So if you don't have those two things happening right now, Gain some wisdom, right, David? Gain some awesome. wisdom. All right. Thank you guys so much for being here. Nina Perez, straight talk, no sugar added. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. You are the best, okay? I have the best podcasting community ever. I really do. And I appreciate you guys being on here. Make sure you go on to winject.com slash register, W-I-N-J-E-C-T.com slash register and register for my free community because I want to be really um, connected with you and I want us to brainstorm and be with each other and connect in a deeper way. If you are looking for coaching, please make sure that you also email me at hello at straighttalknosugaredit.com. I work with women and I help them develop that business that they are envisioning in their hearts so that they can win. Thank you guys so much for being here. Love you. Love you. Love you. This is Dina Perez, Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 